Welcome to Common Sense Coalition Talk Radio, where you'll find straight talk from people with good old common sense. I trust your opinion. And now, for your host, he's putting sense back into nonsense. Absolute insanity. Well, you can hear me on the radio. Your host, Beth Ann. And I welcome you today to CSC Talk Radio. It's, <laughs> it's my honor, my privilege, and my pleasure to be here with you today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and get started with today's show. For such a time as this, most gracious Heavenly Father, while these certainly are the times that try men's souls, we know that we can always rely on you and your love and your amazing grace and this beautiful earth you have given to us. May we always be wise stewards of all the resources you provide to us. I ask you, O God, for your continued protection and for your guidance. Please place a hedge of protection around our President and his administration and grant each the gift of discernment as they daily sift through the information given to them and make decisions for this nation. You have blessed us in so many ways, and we thank you, Abba Father. I asked once, and I ask once again, for your blessing on CSC Talk Radio and my sponsors and my advertisers. May they be blessings to my listeners, and may we always bring truth with knowledge that will enhance and encourage others. Bless my guest today and the CO2 Coalition as all strive to bring real truth and facts to the forefront and calm the fears that have been thrust upon the multitude of people. Again, thank you, Holy Father, for placing me here for such a time as this to be your instrument in the world that we know we need you. Amen. Isn't the weather beautiful today? The fog was in this morning, as it does during the transitions of weather and seasons. It lifted and the sun peeked through to say, Good morning. The first thing my husband normally does in the morning and in the evenings, actually, is check the weather. Working in construction, the need to know is vital to the plans of the day and on the job. He also kept a log each day of the work that was done, including what the weather was. Of course, weather has usually been the topic of conversations, especially when there's nothing else to in common to discuss, or you have that awkward pause in the conversation and you just can't walk away. Too hot, too cold, too wet, too dry. I have yet to meet with someone who actually came up to me and said, oh my, isn't the CO2 heavy this morning? Or how about, darn that CO2, now I have to mow the grass again. I haven't heard anybody say that. Yet we are constantly fed a lie of CO2 levels rising and the temperatures rising and we're all going to die. We are the evil ones who have caused this, this existential threat, and it is my fault. All because I drove to work. I ate a hamburger. I birthed five children into the world. Lock me up, I'm a danger to society. Of course, that's not true. Not about being a danger to the society. (laughs) The Greek philosopher said it is impossible to learn 
to begin to learn that which one thinks one already knows. What if you realized everything you've been told is a lie? Or is it half-truths mixed with lies? But isn't that like a clear glass of water mixed with a tiny dash of manure? I have a special guest today who is a forgiving kind of guy, and I believe will quickly become a great friend. We had him booked on Tuesday, but our phone system rebelled, and we weren't able to get to it. So today we have Gregory Wrightstone. Gregory is a geologist with more than 40 years of experience researching and studying various aspects of the Earth's processes. He earned a bachelor's degree from Waynesburg University and master's from West Virginia University, both in the field of geology. He is the author of the best-selling book, Inconvenient Facts, The Science That Al Gore Doesn't Want You to Know, which is in its fifth printing. Greg was recently accepted as an expert reviewer for the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. He will be taking over at the end of this year as the executive director of the CO2 Coalition, which is a nonprofit organization devoted to disseminating in many inconvenient facts concerning our changing climate. He, began, he believes that policy decisions should be driven by science, facts, and data, not political agenda. His email is closed with a quote from Voltaire. It is dangerous to be right in matters where established men are wrong. Greg, thank you for joining CSC Talk Radio and trusting us to try this one more time. It's good to have you with us. Oh, I'm, I'm so glad to be with you also. I was disappointed the other day. Uh, when uh, when it didn't go go correctly, but those things happen. So yes, you are forgiven. And, uh, oh, thank you. The, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, no, it's it, it, it's where you are. You're in uh, just west of St. Louis. Is that correct? I think. And and I'm calling yeah. you here from Pittsburgh today, uh, where it's cold and wet and miserable. So, uh, <laughs> uh, and I will I will say about this. Uh, normally, I'm in Missouri. I'm in St. Louis. For the Eagle Council, I've spoken there. Okay. The Phyllis Schlafly Eagle Council has it every oh, September, um, and I, I've spoken there the last three years. And it was two years ago when I was speaking uh, in St. Louis. Again, it was on at the Eagle Council. It was on climate change, and we had four Antifa people uh, that had paid their way in. And they popped their, their their little woebegone heads up in the middle of my talk and started screaming. They had a they had a, a bullhorn, and they were saying, "Scientists lie, people die." And the guy came up and pointed his finger in my chest, <laughs> and he was saying, "You have the blood of Puerto Rican refugees, and their lives are on your head." Uh, I don't know how I can. <laughs> like Vito O'Rourke. <laughs> yeah, but the police were there within pretty quickly and escorted them yeah. out. And so, but it was you know that, that's my own personal uh, relationship with with these Antifa thugs uh, that they came oh. after me. I, I kind of wear that as a badge of honor. Yeah, you need they get they need to go have a discussion with a farmer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, so go talk it out with the farmer over here and uh, see what uh, how how you can convince him of these things because <laughs> oh, it isn't yeah. going to happen. Yeah. It isn't going to happen. But, you know, Greg, it, you know, I got a little silly with my monologue, but, you know, they, what I tried to tell you when you couldn't listen on Tuesday is one thing that bothers me so badly is 
is these lies that they're putting out there, and they're scaring the young people mm-hmm. because that's all they're fed. They aren't fed any of the truth, just the lies. Yeah, and that's that's what part, part of what I've been doing over the last several years is trying to expose, and that's why I'm so glad I'm joining the uh, CO2 Coalition because their their philosophy just merges completely with with my beliefs and that. And I, if I can just, I'll tell you what my belief is when it comes to climate change, and it is we should use all of the Earth's resources or God's creation for the betterment of mankind and do it as good stewards. Bam, that's it. Use all of God's creation for the betterment of mankind and do it as good stewards. And and there's, there's so many people who wouldn't believe <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> that is biblical. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, you know, and there are people are opposed to that. You know, but there are industries, and you and I both know that, whether it's on the farm or in the factory or, or wherever it is, that abuse. They don't really care. But the majority is not like that. And uh, there are rules out there for the abusers they have to follow. But for the majority, you know, the Lord put these resources here for us to use. I, yeah, I, I think that is a really, really small minority of people that would actually oh, is. That actually do that. Maybe I'm I'm uh, I'm wearing rose-colored glasses, but I I think just about everybody wants a clean environment. I can't imagine anyone who I've never really met anybody that doesn't. Uh, and, and it's our responsibility to take care of what we've been we've been provided, and and that's what I do is I look at what's actually happening today. We can separate uh, this group of people into I think really two big categories: the alarmists. Well, I'm going to stop you there, and we'll okay. do that when we come back as we're headed into a break. You're listening to CO. You're listening to CSC Talk Radio with Greg Wrightstone and Beth Ann, and we'll be right back. Our founding fathers knew that the heartland would be coveted by those who want the land and its resources or hated by those who simply do not understand its value. It is that simple. And yet today, the humble folks in the heartland are losing jobs and feeling the pressures from an out-of-control bureaucracy as well as outsiders with agendas. From the heartlands of America come our food, manufacturing, and our energy. CSC Talk Radio is a voice crying from the heartland and standing up for rural America. And so is Power the Future. Power the Future is a unique foundation established to be the voice for rural American energy jobs. Daniel Turner is a strong advocate pushing against those who would like to punish rural folks and take their jobs for the sake of climate change or the land and its wealth. I'm proud to be a part of Power the Future and bring Daniel Turner here to you. Our future depends on it. Let's power the future as we bring America home to common jobs and give our rural families a voice. Visit PowerTheFuture.us. PowerTheFuture.us is the way to bring America home. 
Made in America is more than just a slogan. It's a brand we all look for to better this nation's economy. Liberty Tabletop is the brand of Cheryl Manufacturing, the only manufacturer of flatware in the United States of America. Liberty Tabletop creates high-quality flatware at a competitive price using the finest quality 1810 chromium nickel stainless steel. Oh, and by the way, the steel they use is also made in the USA. The steel is tested for lead and other toxic trace elements, so you bring to your family a safe and pure product that will last for generations. Setting your table is an important part of every meal. The patterns you choose say something about you and your family. Bring an America home with LibertyTabletop.com or go to my website, CSETalkRadio.com, and click on their link. Call Liberty Tabletop at 844-386-2338. Use the promo code BETHANN and receive 10% off your purchase. LibertyTabletop.com. Balance of Nature. Changing the world one life at a time. People will call and they'll say, you need to get new actors. The ones you have are really bad. <laughs> Those are truly, actually the calls that people make into their health coaches to get help. I don't sit and tell you it's going to cure the coronavirus. What it does do is that chemistry goes in and it helps your body do what it needs. The reason there's so many different types of successes is because we aren't targeting anyone. All we do is help the body help itself and whatever it finds and it can do and go in and work and fix, that's what it's going to go in and help do. Experience the Balance of Nature difference for yourself. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call one 800 2468 751 or go to balanceofnature.com today and use discount code radio5 and we have returned to listening to CSC Talk Radio this is Beth Ann it has been a week I don't know what else to say. It's been a week here, and we'll share some of what's gone on tomorrow when we're back on on Friday. But uh, the phone system has uh, been a challenge this week, as well as some other things that have happened. But Greg Wrightstone has written this book, Inconvenient Facts, and I had mentioned that to you on Tuesday. And the science of the... uh, is for teaching these kids. Okay, we have him back. Greg, did you do that on purpose? <laughs> it wasn't me. Somebody, I think I think Al Gore's got his finger on your on your telephone system there. Well, you know, I got a story to tell, and I wasn't going to tell it today, but we have been uh, having some harassment from from the non-believers. <laughs> I don't know how mm-hmm. else to put it, and uh, so. I don't think that's really affected the phones too much, but uh, it's it's been an interesting and challenging week to say the least. And uh, uh, but you know, truth is, you know, truth isn't popular. Oh, and it isn't. That's why. And that's why I named the book "Inconvenient Facts" because we've I list in the book I list sixty of these. What are these inconvenient facts? And there's and a lot of it goes completely contrary to what your you and your listeners are being told and oh, as you go through these things they're just it's it's amazing 
when you say they're lying, and I, I say it a lot, they're lying to us, not that climate change isn't happening. Of course it is. The uh, alarming thing or the uh, amazing thing would be as if it wasn't, because as a geologist, I look through Earth's long history and find out that it changed regularly and, and quite significantly uh, during various times. And uh, so we look at here, and, I'm, and I wrote the book. It was it's it's been going on three years now. Uh, it's still very popular. Uh, I wrote it for non scientists. It's very readable. It's uh, it's it's not dumbed down by any measure. Uh, but I found that so many of these climate change books that I read, and I've got about every one, there it's seven pages of text and then a black and white chart. Well, I didn't want that. I want something that people will actually pick up and read. And I'll tell you what I was right after I published, I was giving a, a presentation to the Romney Tea, tea Party in Romney, West Virginia, and there was a guy that was helping me set up the the projector and the screen, and he said, oh, Mr. Wrightstone, he says, I just loved your book. He says, I'm telling everybody about it. He said, this is the first book I've read since high school. And I went, aha. So I was successful. I mean, here's a guy that hasn't read a book in probably 20 years, and he loved, he picked it up and actually read it and loved it. And I said, okay, well, that, that, that tells me a lot right there. Uh, so it's been I was driven to write this book uh, because, as a geologist, I knew that some of what we were being told about climate change was just incorrect. It was really, it was really ocean acidification. They're telling us the oceans are becoming acid, and they're not. Uh, but I knew that was incorrect, and I suspected everything, or that there were other things that were incorrect. And it, as I started researching this, I just said, "Oh my God, there's, they're, they're just." One thing after another, uh, it, it angered me, really, to have these people blatantly lying about uh, floods, droughts, fires. There's a whole litany, a whole list of these things we're, we're being told uh, are getting worse. And if you look one after the other, uh, it's amazing what you actually find is that so many of this, these things are that they're saying is getting worse and it's going to get worse are actually improving. Uh, just today, there was a report that uh, East African droughts, uh, I've got a chart there that I'm, I'm working on, have been in significant decline, and, and droughts worldwide have been, too. And, and one of the things I tell people, and I've got, it's not in the book, but I've got, it on, I've got a smartphone app that goes along with the book, uh, I, you probably don't realize that, that, that the number of fires in California has declined almost 50% in the last 30 years. The number of fires has declined almost 50% in the last 30 years in California. Nobody gotcha. knows that. Nobody knows it. Now, the area burned has increased, but that's a that's a fire management problem, not, not yeah, a climate change-related issue. It absolutely is. And, uh, um, you know, and I have, I've had other people from CO2 on, and I've had other people that live out west that have studied some of these fires. And, of course, we know that it is mismanagement. Plus, we're building closer to the forest. <laughs> and so there is going to be more damage. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a topic for another show. But it isn't climate change. 
you know, AOC was putting those pictures out. Uh, I think she tweeted some last week. This is what climate change looks like. She's got the burning going on in California, and it's like no AOC. That's what no. poor management of the forest looks like. <laughs> yeah, if you look at it, the, the, the Sierra Nevada Conservancy, if you look at what they say, this is a conservation group. They report that they, according to their records, there are four to five times as many trees as a healthy forest should have. Uh, and that what, what's that do? And think about it. That adds obviously mm-hmm. it adds more fuel for any fire. But then any drought that's going on dry, it's, it's basically a, a, a semi desert where these are, where they are. Uh, if you've got four to five times as many trees, that's four to five times as many trees competing for that same scarce soil moisture. It's because the second leading, the first leading cause of soil moisture dryness is, is obviously evaporation, but the second uh, is the amount of water taken out by plants out of the, out of the soil. So now you've got four or five times as many plants and trees competing for that same scarce soil moisture, so it yeah. actually aggravates any, any dryness that's there. And then you've got, so you have four to five times as many trees competing for that, plus uh, it's the fuel load that when, when a fire does happen, there's just a lot more and more intense in the fire. And, it, you know, it just makes common sense. You know, when I was starting to hear all this, and I, I mentioned before that, you know, I'm old enough, I remember them telling us about the acid rain. And then it was, when mm. I was in high school, it was global cooling. And, and then it was, you know, global warming. And now they've oh, run yeah. out of names, so they're just calling it climate change. And <laughs> But... It always stood to make sense to me that that it would be warming up to some degree because we're no longer in an ice age. Right, right. And, and, no. and that's what it, I'm, I'm going into my second book. I'm about halfway into it now. And again, right. I'm looking at the big picture. And in this, I've identified two main things that are that are part of this climate debate. The number one thing is. Our, I have to say, our, our, it's hard to say those two words together, but our, our modern temperatures and the temperatures we see now, are they unusual and unprecedented in the scheme of thousands of years? If they are unusual and unprecedented, then that's a pretty strong case that human activity is increasing the temperature of the earth significantly. But if they're not, well, then that's a pretty strong case that the temperature rise that we've seen over the last 150 or so years is naturally driven and very similar to the, the past climates. And the other, the other big thing is, is climate change harmful or beneficial? And, again, this is the second half of my book. I'm going to be dealing really with the many benefits of a modest rise in temperature combined with increasing CO2 to see that actually, by just about every metric you look at, the earth and humanity are improving. And that's, that's really, that's a strong message for the Christian community to, to grasp onto. Oh, absolutely. Because the Pope, the Pope and so many <laughs> of the leadership of the, the Western and, and the, the Protestant denominations uh, are campaigning for climate change that actually 
will negatively impact the poorest among us the most. So while the Pope's advocating and saying we must save people, his actions and what he's promoting in terms of climate change policies, actually he's promoting what would be what we call a regressive taxation system. In other words, the taxes he's proposing hurts the poorest the most because any any increase in your energy costs, which is what they want to do, is increase everyone's energy costs. The poor pay a higher percentage of their income for energy, and yeah. uh, and so it hurts them the most. In addition, uh, he wants to strand billions of people uh, that are in generational poverty. Poverty. He, we can lift those people up out of out of generational poverty, and we have been doing it by providing reliable, abundant, and affordable energy to those people. And it's getting more that way, and it seems like they've got to stop it. And I want to talk about that a little bit when we come back, the deindustrializing of this nation. You're listening to COC. <laughs> You've got me so confused. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. We're visiting with Gray Wrightstone. He is going to be the executive director of CO2 Coalition, and we're here talking about his book, Inconvenient Facts, the science that Al Gore doesn't want you to know and we will be right back and we have returned you're listening to CSE Talk Radio this is Beth Ann I'm visiting with Greg Wrightstone he is the author of Inconvenient Facts the science that Al Gore doesn't want you to know and I wanted to kind of go that direction as we were before we headed into that break about these controversies on each side here. And, and, you know, they're so adamant that they're angry at anyone who who even questions. You don't even have to disagree. Just ask a question, and, and um, they're angry about that. So let's go back to where we were and talk about that a little bit. Well, it is true. They want to shut us up, and we've seen this with the, the CO2 coalition a month ago. Uh, there was a letter written uh, demanding, and it was from Tom Steyer, Stacey Abrams from Georgia, uh, some of the <laughs> big liberal luminaries, demanding that Facebook be taken out, that the Facebook page for the CO2 coalition be removed. Yes. And just, I think it was two weeks ago, another letter was written to Mark Zuckerberg from Senator uh, Elizabeth Warren and uh, a couple of the other big left-wing people, again, demanding that Facebook restrict and, and, and stifle the information being published by the CO2 coalition. And, and that's, that's how effective this group has been, uh, that they're actually being targeted like this by, by these people. Um, and, and it really came down to there was a, a, a wonderful paper uh, written by the CO2 coalition uh, concerning climate models, and they went through and listed, and it was detailed. It's, it's over my head. I'm 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 not a physicist, and it's I mean it's got this. They, they're using formulas that have symbols that I have no idea what they mean. Uh, but people like Will Happ or Dr. Richard Lindzen, uh, these are these are true climate scientists that that understand this, and they they published a white paper just detailing what was wrong with climate models and how that they over-predict warming, and they do. Uh, the, best, the best study uh, uh, says that they over-predict over warming three to five times too much. 
uh, and it's clear that they do that. And that's how they come up with this, these uh, projections. Oh, it's going to be hotter than, you know, whatever in, in 2050. It's even going to be worse by 2100. Uh, and it's all due to what I call our sins of emission, if you follow a little play on words there. <laughs> and uh, so, we, so that's what they do. We, we categorize these people into two two groups. Uh, the alarmists are saying, "Well, we're going to look in the future. We're going to base everything on climate models, and this, these bad things are going to happen in thirty, fifty, or a hundred years." And what I've done in, in my book, Inconvenient Facts, and what what I'm doing in the, in the second book, is I I live in the real world and I look what's actually going on. And if you look. By almost every metric you look at, Earth's, Earth's ecosystems, and then by extension humanity, are benefiting from modest rise in temperature and the increase in CO2. And it's, it's probably, I think, one of the biggest untold stories, maybe of the late 20th and early 21st centuries, is what's called the greening of the Earth. In other words, uh, According to NASA, up to 50% of the Earth's surface has increasing vegetation. In other words, it's greening. And less than 4% of the Earth is what they call browning or loss of vegetation. Well, that's a pretty, pretty gosh darn good – I'll take that, that ratio any day that yeah. over half of the Earth is, is improving and, and less than 4 Now, too bad if you're in that 4% that's, that's not – uh, but overall, the Earth is, is seeing this tremendous, uh, huge greening with vegetation. Just about every climate niche you look at, uh, grasslands, mountainous areas, alpine areas, uh, we see uh, great benefits from this. And again, it's, it's CO2, increases in CO2 are driving uh, plant growth, and the modest warming in temperature uh, means that uh, tundra is moving northward. Uh, we can have, for your farmers listening in, uh, a slight warming of the temperature means they could, uh, the killing frosts stop earlier in the spring or, or arrive earlier in the, early in the spring, uh, and stop earlier in the fall so you can get more plantings in. Uh, and that, that benefits again crop growth. You mean summer will be longer? Because I kind of like that. <laughs> yeah. It was funny. I had a, I had a post from a, I, I, I connect with people all over the, uh, all over the, uh, the world. A lot of people yeah. in Australia and the United Kingdom. And I had a guy from Wales that wrote, and you'll, you'll get a chuckle out of this. Uh, he was from, and of course, think about Wales. It's cold. It's dank. It's cloudy. It's raining. It's not very pleasant. And he went on this big diatribe. He says, why don't I ever hear people from Spain saying, golly, I wish I could move to Wales where it's, <laughs> it's, it's, peeing, it's peeing cold rain every day on me and, and sleet's hitting me in the face. Nobody from Spain is saying, boy, it's too hot here. I'm going to move to Wales. And, and think about it. We never heard, hear, you never hear that. Never. I want to go, I want to, go to Iceland. <laughs> Actually, I'd love to. I understand. Well, uh, in fact, you know, I wouldn't stay I'm very not... long because <laughs> I can't take the cold. <laughs> yeah, and that's one of the things. Actually, I've, I'm I'm just was looking at a study on Iceland, uh, uh, some of the lakes up there, and what they, and also some of the parts of uh, Sweden, uh, where they. And actually, that's how we measure 
ancient. One of the proxies right. they use is is for temperature. What you, people have always ask, well, how do you know what the temperature was back in, you know, 1250 or whatever? And one of the one of the things they do is really interesting. Uh, for example, in Finland, uh, the lakes freeze are frozen over for five months of the year. And so the more snow builds up, whenever the spring thaw comes, it washes more sediment into the lakes. So they can actually judge by how much sediment increase, and, and actually in pollen also go into the lakes, uh, based that on the, on the, uh, the, the, the spring uh, snow melt. And if it's really warm, there's not much that doesn't occur. And so that's just one method they use. It's not foolproof, but uh, that's one thing they use there. Yeah, there's, well, there's different things to use, and that's that's a good one. <laughs> so, but you know, it's um, it's it does bother me because of the um, the sides that we have here. Um, that you know, they'll always say you don't believe in science, and then when you try to quote them some actual science, they get all bent out of shape. And yet they want to continue to push these fears into the hearts of our young people. Because the young people in school, they're not learning what you have in this book. That's not what they're being taught at all. And and when we missed Tuesday together, I was pushing your book for homeschooling because I know there's a lot of that going on right now with the pandemic. So maybe that's a good thing in some respects. They could get some other other books out and start using those and, and compare. Well, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, too, one thing that, that your listeners could do is we have a companion smartphone app that's available at Google yes. Play or the App Store. It's just search for inconvenient facts. And that way you can have uh, all these facts in the palm of your hand. You can't carry a book with you. But you can you can call up this chart that shows uh, how the number of fires globally have been in decline for more than 100 years. You can call up... Uh, charts on hurricanes and show that landfalling hurricanes in the United States have been in great decline. And it's really valuable to have. And we rolled it out uh, on the uh, – I was down, went down to Dallas and uh, rolled it out on the Glenn Beck uh, show on Blaze TV last March. And two days later, Apple removed our app from the App Store. And uh, it, it that blew up. They weaponized the App Store. Apple did, uh, so that that led to a flurry of of uh, radio and TV. I was on Laura Ingram that night, and One American News, and uh, the the book sales just exploded. So their banning of the app actually backfired on them. It really drove. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that happens a lot of times. You know, it happens with teenagers when you tell them they can't do something. That's when they're going to go do it. But you know. <laughs> kind of happens in human nature. So I do want everybody to download the app. It is still available, and Rudy's over here bragging that he's already done that on his phone. And get the book. I still believe in having the book in front of you, Inconvenient Facts. We're headed into another break. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio with Beth Ann and Greg Wrightstone, the author of Inconvenient Facts, and we will be right back.
If Ernest Hemingway was alive today, would he say this to you? Shakespeare, Mark Twain, Edgar Allan Poe, all great writers. And after reading your book, I simply must add you to the list. Wait, you don't have a book yet. So make a free call to Page Publishing. Their expert staff can help you turn your book idea into a real book, a masterpiece that could someday make the bestseller list in hard copy and digitally all across the world. Page Publishing can help you completely take your idea for a book, write it, and publish it. So if you want to join the ranks of some of the most famous authors in the world, call now for a free information kit. Turn your book idea into publishing gold. Make a free call right now to Page Publishing. 800-378-3212. That's 800-378-3212. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. For the longest time, I've wanted to come out with the world's most comfortable bed sheets. But up until now, I haven't been able to find anything that held up to my high standards. I finally found the best cotton in the world in a region where the Sahara Desert, the Nile River, and the Mediterranean Sea all come together to create the ideal weather conditions for growing cotton. My new Giza Dream bed sheets are made with this long staple cotton, and I guarantee they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. The first night you sleep on my sheets, you'll never want to sleep on anything else. The Giza Dream sheets are available in a variety of colors, and like all of Mike's products, they come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Right now, you can get your very own by calling one 800 978 6168 and use the promo code Bethann to get 30% off plus free shipping. Makeup America is a brand new line of makeup made in America. Ladies, did you know that most American beauty brands do not make their cosmetics here in the USA? There is no guarantee of quality and transparency of ingredients, testing on animals, abidance to health and safety regulations, or quality control within the manufacturing environment. The old saying, beauty is only skin deep, refers to what's on the inside of the woman. And as you know, what's inside your beauty products matters to your skin. Makeup America is made in the USA, and they pledge to you that their products are non-GMO, paraben-free, fragrance-free, and never tested on animals. Launch your patriotism with Independence Red, Lady Liberty Blue. There's a variety of nail and lip colors to match. And lip care. MakeupAmerica.us Use promo code BEST20 to receive 20% discount. MakeupAmerica.us Gold is an investment. Melody Cedarstrom at Discount Gold and Silver is CSE Talk Radio's choice for gold, silver, and all your precious metals. Gold and silver are the ultimate forms of wealth. They are beautiful and alluring to virtually everyone on earth. They are extremely scarce and can't be counterfeited. Your contact, your trusted dealer is Melody Cedarstrom at Discount Gold and Silver. Discount Gold and Silver take pride in their business practices. No hard pressure sales, no boiler room tactics, low prices, quality products, fast shipping. For all your gold, silver, platinum, and palladium needs, buy and sell. Discount Gold and Silver take pride in the fact that they educate their clients so that you can make an informed decision. Visit Melody Cedarstrom at dgscoins.com or call her at 1-800-375-4188. 
dgscoins.com or 1-800-375-4188. Discount gold and silver is the common sense way to invest. We have returned. You're listening to CSE Talk Radio. This is Beth Ann. We've been visiting today. We're in the final segment of today's show. We've been visiting with Greg Wrightstone. He is the author of Inconvenient Facts, the science that Al Gore doesn't want you to know. Uh, you know, the facts, just the facts, ma'am, just the facts. Now, that dates me. Going <laughs> back to that TV show, just the facts, ma'am. But the people do need to have the facts. And I always say, educate and activate. If you have the facts, nobody's going to pull the wool over your eyes. You're going to have common sense to uh, and science with you. And go ahead and download this app on your phone, uh, Inconvenient Facts. Uh, the Inconvenient app is what they call it. And uh, you've got it right there. I have friends. I'm sure you do, too. We won't n- mention their names, Rudy Schrader. That always pulls his phone out. And my husband does it, too. The man who had a flip phone for so long. The minute I ask something and I don't know the answer, they're up to pulling their phones out looking it up. And uh, so there you go. So you've got the inconvenient app and you pull it out and you go, oh, by the way, look at this. <laughs> so. oh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, if you're at, at Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving's coming up here and everybody's oh, got yes. If you're idiot nephew Billy, now I'm, everybody's got an idiot nephew Billy. That he's let's just say he's majoring in uh, uh, oh, sustainable development from the University of Missouri or wherever, and and he tells you he says Aunt Beth, did you know that polar bears are going extinct because of climate change? And you go, well, wait a minute, Billy, here, and you can pull up on the smartphone app. Here's fact number 52. Here's 60 years of polar bear population history, Billy. And it shows that polar bears are increasing. But Aunt Beth would say, I don't care. I don't like polar bears. Yeah. That's what Aunt Beth would say. You know, I agree with you 100%. And, uh, you know, conversation comes up. Yes, uh, the uh, family uh, gets into some conversations during Thanksgiving. It's oh yeah, fun, though. <laughs> one of one of my sons is uh, is leans pretty hard left. But you know, you'd be surprised to find I did too. At one point, I was a member of the Socialist mm-hmm. Workers Party when I was in college. Believe it or not, mm-hmm. and uh, it was actually it was Ronald Reagan listening to uh, while I was in graduate school. He would come on his Ronald Reagan commentaries. Would come on the radio every day at twelve fifteen p.m. and we'd be playing cards every day. And every day I'd listen, I'd go, yeah, that's right. And it was, he really, it was really listening to that that really transformed me. The, the, uh, I, I, I had an open mind. And so, you know, you can use my story, hopefully, as one of hope for, for some I of these young people. Say, the, way. the key word there mm-hmm. is listening. Yeah. Listening yeah. to what's said, not, not getting angry every time something comes out of someone's mouth, but listening. You know, oh, I saying this is totally another direction, except they're blaming this on climate change, too, now, but the rioters. And I was listening the other night, and they had two people opposite sides on uh, one of the Fox News shows that, that evening. And the one made a little sense to me. Even though we know that what they're protesting 
is based on on uh, not total truth. <laughs> what they feel inside is real. And we have to yeah. kind of minister to that. What they're feeling is real, even if it's based off of false uh, accusations or false facts. I don't know if you could say false facts, false information. But what they're feeling is, is actually real. What our youth are being taught are all the facts that are incorrect, all this data that has been skewed to, to lean one direction. Yeah. So their their emotions and their feelings are real, absolutely, absolutely. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, no, I was just I was going to say you're absolutely right. They want and actually need to stifle people like me and the CO2 coalition, um, so we don't get these inconvenient facts out there. Uh, and the fact of the matter is, too, if you look at it, they're saying. Oh my God! We can't. We we have to hold warming to less than a degree and a half or two degrees Celsius, or <laughs> or, or all these bad things are going to happen. But if you look in the past, we've we've already seen what happens with much warmer temperatures. We can go to the medieval warm period and the Roman warm period, the time of Christ, where it was much warmer than it is today, likely, mm-hmm. and humanity prospered and benefited. There were uh, these warm periods were. Times of of robust harvests, bountiful crops, people thrived, and great empires and civilizations rose up. It's the intervening cold periods that are just the opposite, where people, each intervening cold period, uh, we brought crop failure, famine, pestilence, and mass depopulation. And if we have time, I'll just tell you. There's, a, there's actually an interesting story okay. about the last period. It was called the, the Little Ice Age. And, again, we just talked about the medieval warm period. Again, time was called the High Middle Ages, great bounty and prospering. And then it started getting cold uh, in the middle of the 13th century. Crops began to fail. Uh, famine set in. People started starving. And they blamed it on weather-causing witches. And that's when the witch hunts of the of Europe really began when these cold periods came about. And, uh, in fact, in the 14th century, the Pope at the time uh, issued a papal bull that said, yes, there are things, people that are weather-causing witches, and if you find them, you must kill them. And, boy, they did. Now, what's funny, around 1500, it warmed up, and the crops came back. Well, well, Beth, why did that happen? Come on, come on. Not because they killed, they killed the, witches. the witches. They killed all the witches. <laughs> so the crop, you know, it got warm and the crops came back. That's what they thought. They said, oh, we did a really good job killing all the... Well, that that only lasted for about 40 years, and then it really got cold. So uh, I've got a chart here I'm working on that will be in my next book. Uh, it's relating... Witches killed per decade, and we actually have records of this. Witches killed per decade versus temperature, and there's this great correlation. Uh, so <laughs> I, I think it's that's, fascinating. That's awesome. What, do you have the name of your next book out? Do you have the name? I do. do you? you don't want to but give it, okay. <laughs> not right now because it's, it's, right. I'm a couple months out from being done. I will say that uh, uh, it, it's a celebration of... It's really documenting the temperatures in times gone by, 
really from the medieval warm period um, documenting uh, things, how it was warmer than it is today. And, and we can see that with there are things that it doesn't take a scientist to understand that um, if you were growing citrus in the north of England uh, during these warm times, well, it had to have been warmer there. Or, right. For example, you know there was they were growing a crop called millet in in Scandinavia. Well, you can only grow millet today in tropical or subtropical areas. Uh, so you know you can look at that and go, oh, well, well, sure, it had to be warmer. And there, you know things like that. Instead of looking at isotope studies that that people just you know you, you kind of wrinkle your nose and you go, I don't know if I believe that, uh, but. Well, they also will. We, we can look at historical records, yeah. like one I'm just looking I, I, at right now. We're going to have to do yeah. another show and do that. I can't oh, wait okay. for the next book to come out, but I hear the music, and we are out of time. Great. Thank uh, you. Thank, thank you, you so much for having patience with us and coming back, and I can't wait to have you back again. It's been just awesome. We're working together to get the truth out. With the truth, we can fight, we can educate, and we can bring America home. <laughs> Listen, do you hear that sound? It started low, but it's getting progressively louder. Into a crescendo, even louder. Irresistible, ending in an ear-splitting blast of mass disruption. That's the sound of America's economic and political systems crashing to the ground. But we have a plan. We will be ready to restore political sanity. We will be ready to answer the call of productive America. We will restore America's industrial base and put America back to work. We will shut down political correctness and restore decency and positive media to America. We will save our constitution, our traditional way of life, our customs, and religion. We will restore sound money and crush the debt-based system of monetary slavery. And we will end America's foreign misadventures. We are the American Freedom Party. And we have a plan. Learn more about us, the American Freedom Party, dot U.S. Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character, where educating both hearts and minds brings about academic excellence. There is a school in American Fork where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. Based on LDS principles and a love of country, now in our 39th year, American Heritage School is accepting fall enrollment for kindergarten through high school. What would you do for your child? Give them an education that will prepare them for life. Located east of the Temple in American Fork, American Heritage School is a remarkable and affordable alternative. Visit us, find us online, or in the yellow pages. American Heritage School in American Fork.